Welcome to the Cornerstones Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott, and uh, I'm here with Pastor Brian. Hello. And Pastor Matt. Hey. And uh, since we are in the midst of a really unique season in life, season in um, just kind of world history, um, we, we wanted to take some time to talk about some of the specific things we've, we've talked about how to engage remotely in corporate worship. And now we want to talk about just how to, to deal with. Uh Oh, Oh no. <laughs> Where's wow. Aura? <laughs> I just, I just ate a, a trail mix fruit and nut bar. Sure. Scott. That's what I'm blaming it. Sure. On. One time, one time I was preaching and I ate a whole handful of raw almonds beforehand. <laughs> Such a bad idea. Oh my, what was I thinking? I remember just getting up there Such and thinking, like, oh idea. my, like, like a cat was inside my throat, just like clawing at me. I, I, I've, I've determined I really can't really eat before preaching. Otherwise, I just end up like burping, like the whole, like the whole time. Burping, burping, huh? like it just like talking for forty five minutes after eating. It just so I'm always starving at like two o'clock on a Sunday. Oh, that's terrible, Scotty. You got to eat something. You should eat something. You d- maybe you should just not have a soda. Have you tried that? <laughs> yeah. Is it the, is it the sparkling water? Is it, yeah. Is it the seven Lacroix okay, that you're but having no. beforehand? But speaking of water, can can we just can we just uh, make sure that we all are on the same page that if you need to take a drink of water while you preach, it's because you're weaker. <laughs> I've always thought that. Like. Why is it that we don't do that? I don't know. I don't, in, the, I don't, in the Greek, it actually says it in Philippians. The weaker 3. brother, yeah, yeah the weaker is the one brother. that drinks water while yeah, preaching. Yeah, Romans fourteen is all about the preacher who needs water while he preaches. Is there a good way to drink water while preaching? There's, there's really not because uh, well, part of it is how fast we talk, right? Because we talk fast enough that there's not these like natural long breaks for us to. To, to drink there's something. breaks for my laughter when I, I leave I leave room for laughter so I could take it and, and there's water, water there. and the only thing weaker Lots than water room. is tea like yeah like, oh man because then yeah like, so like even a if you talk slow like though even if you're I'm going slow well. there's no like there's no way to do it because everyone's wondering if you're going slow because you're taking the drink or not yeah so now you you just the, you the took chi- everyone right out of the chicken and the egg right yeah then now they can't worship anymore there's some They're pastor wondering. who really struggles with dry mouth who's just gonna hate <laughs> if this ever comes out so I'm this sorry, episode man. so this episode is on how to thrive in times of quarantine oh okay and the way to thrive in times of quarantine is just Tangents. i guess listen to random <laughs> yeah listen to to our rants about random stuff that has nothing to do with so we're, we're i mean everybody's uh, Everybody's increasingly isolated, right? Like we're increasingly uh, stuck, uh, quarantined in all sorts of different ways. And and I, I think that that right now, I mean, we're we're just getting into this, just entering into what's probably going to be a, a fairly long season of, or at least relatively long season of um, social distancing of of isolation. And so we just want to talk a little bit about how to how to thrive in times of, of quarantine, how to deal with that. And so I want to start actually with question what are some of the obvious ways that a time of quarantine is going to be hard like what what are the things that and i mean there's probably you know articles about this out there and these are the ways that people know they know you know what this this is going to be harder than normal like what, what are some of the ways that that people see that already and part of it's just the the upsetting of routines i mean which is 
for some people, not that big of a deal. Um, maybe depending on your life circumstances or situation. For other people, is massive. Like, I mean, I think there's, there's a whole slew of people who have homeschooled their kids for a long time who are kind of a, a relatively small, like, niche group that now are just kind of going, well, now y'all need me. Because um, everyone's kids are home from school. Yeah. And so, like, now basically we're homeschooling. Like, everyone essentially is being forced into that position. Um, and then there's other questions about how that might uh, work with your job or just there's lots of things are being upset. And so that one of the hard parts is just working around this new version of daily life that you just didn't have before. And that's, that's going to be a struggle across the board and bring a lot of hardship with it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, that's a huge one. And, and, and I would probably say that there's, there's ways that our rhythms are disrupted that maybe are less obvious than, than like some of the more obvious ones. You, did you even read my question? I did. I'm looking at it. That's why I'm saying. Are I, you asking the question for me? No, 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 no. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying Brian answered incorrectly is what I was saying. Uh, but I, I think there's elements of that that are obvious, right? Yeah. The rhythm of getting up and going to work, the rhythm of, you know, dr- driving in your car and uh, being productive in a certain way. The rhythm of going to the store whenever you want to or uh, getting out whenever you want to. Obviously, those are those are very disruptive uh, to your normal routines. And and, and the implications of those are also massive for people. Right. We're talking about people losing jobs. Perhaps we're talking about uh, people not sure about their financial situation. People not sure about food and access to. I mean, there's there's massive implications for this for a lot of people maybe it's a disruption or a, a discomfort for a season or extended period of time but I just want to acknowledge this is also extremely massively hard for a lot of people as well um yeah. and and uh and, and that, those are some of the obvious ones but then yeah the second question about the less obvious ones yeah yeah, yeah. it's just and, and i think that's actually part of why we wanted to have this conversation right was not just to talk about all the obvious ways this is gonna be hard and things you can do to make those things easier, whether it's in the sense of routine or it's in the sense of um, the, the financial instability, uh, the the emotional and social instability that, that this brings. But I, I think we wanted to talk about this so we so that we could talk about some of the less obvious ways this is going to be hard, and maybe ways that to, to help people prepare for things that maybe they don't see coming um, over the course of the next you know, few weeks. Yeah, I, I think going back to what Brian had said about those rhythms, I think there are there are ways that we rely on the rhythms of our lives that we don't really even understand until they're gone or disrupted. Mm. Um, I think there's um, sometimes even just space. So let's say you're at home. Okay, so th- there's a lot of different scenarios here that we have to consider because there's some people who are going to be at home by themselves, which has its own complexities. And there's some people who are going to be at home surrounded by lots of other people, either in a family or with roommates. Mm-hmm. So there's complexity here as, as we think about the applications of this. Mm. Um, but let's say for, for me, let, uh, let's say right, right now, as I think about it, I'm tip, you know, an extrovert and I like being around people and, you know, we have uh, four kids in our family. And so our house is loud, but I think I, in my own life, um, underestimated how much, I appreciate having some quiet space to think, which is kind of gone. Yeah. And um, not that not that, that I have a massive amount of that time in my normal routine, but even 30 minutes a day just to just to think and 
be in a quiet space and it, that's been disrupted in the last week and I like I miss it and I'm trying to figure out how to carve that time out for it. I, if you asked me two weeks ago, is that something that you really need in life? I probably would have said, no, I, I don't think so. But it's just something about just losing it. You realize, oh, wow, I didn't even realize that was something that was helpful for me in my own spiritual, personal life uh, in, in that way. I'm sure that Brian has a bunch of other ways that rhythms are disrupted that uh, in less obvious ways. Yeah, that, I, well, yours is a great example because that can seem, even now you say it compared to the obvious things of financial hardship or whatever, and they, they can seem small. <clears throat> like that's not, it's not obvious. And in some ways it, it's definitely less like life altering than wondering if you're going to make rent or something. Absolutely. Clearly. At the same time, I think just because they're small in comparison doesn't mean they're going to have small effects in your life. Um, and, you know, going for three or four months with, out something that you didn't realize was a pretty pivotal thing for how you thought through like for your kind of your mental, your emotional, your spiritual way of being and just kind of all of a sudden going cold turkey without it. And you didn't even know it was a, a thing for you is a really big deal. Um, and it's going to have effects that don't show up in the next like few days, but show up in the next few months. Absolutely. And those are the things where I think uh, even the phrase social distancing, um, ideally, ideally we should probably think of it more like physical distancing but i think it's going to have the effect for most yeah. of us of a social distancing and there's a way that you know i'm the opposite of matt in many ways um he's tall i'm short he's old i'm young he's handsome i'm me there's a lot of ways <laughs> I wanted to see how long he would go. I, I could go forever, <laughs> but I don't know if this. But is then a good there are idea. similarities. Neither of us have hair. Um, there's 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 upsides to that. Yeah. So, the <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so I'm someone who tends to, despite the fact that there I have a family of seven, um, on purpose. Uh, I, I tend to be more introverted, um, and so for me, it's it's interesting the opposite. It's there's a way that for me you'd think, oh, good, you know, introverts unite. Now we have all the time to read the books or whatever. Which, of course, the t having time thing is another you know, misnomer that we can talk about later on about the situation. Most people don't have like a lot more time than they used to. Some do, but most don't. Um, but there's a way that the social, like seeing people, interacting with people is massively important for like human life. Yeah. And when you cut that down by like 80%, all of a sudden, maybe more, you're going to find yourself in, in these strange emotional or mental spaces where and you're not going to know why you're there because you're not going to connect those dots really quickly but it's going to happen on top of that you know gyms are closed like people aren't exercising as much maybe yeah there's that external pressures there's this thing and in our kind of culture and society we've tended to think of ourselves without not very consciously but we tended to think of ourselves as we're basically like minds we're just sort of these individual kind of mental people that walk around with bodies that we'd like to like be healthy um, and we don't often think about how those those affect each other. Right. But like we're Scott's taught multiple times, like we're whole people like the body and the mind, like all this stuff, the, the soul. These are all like connected. You can't just like extrapolate them out and go, oh, well, the body's not doing great, but the mind's fine. They all affect each other. And so not having exercise, having disrupted routines, maybe not sleeping as much or sleeping too much, uh, not seeing people the way you used to. Like these are going to be really, really big things. That affect you, even though they're not obvious right off the bat. They have they have massive implications, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I mean, and one of the things, just at, even as you're you're talking, it, it, I think that what this is, what this does, is it also slows down um, 
interpersonal interaction, right? So like what used to be easy and efficient and you could just like have a quick conversation, like you, you can't anymore because you're not seeing people face to face. You know, the things aren't happening relationally as quickly, right? Um, and, and that's a, you know, you can be like, okay, like that, that happens. I just kind of adjust to that. But you know, the area that it makes me think about that, the, the area that might significantly trip us up along the way, um, that we aren't going to see coming is, is the need for forgiveness interpersonally, because slowing down interactions with one another, isn't going to stop us from sinning against each other. Yeah. Right. Like we're not going to, to, to be now all of a sudden, like, it's like, you know, be a perfect world together. Like we're, we're going to neglect one another. We're going to not consider one another. We're going to, we're going to act selfishly in relationships with one another. And, and without the social pressure that like, we need to deal with this because we're seeing each other because we're interacting. Cause you know, like I, I, I think that, that it's, and it, this is just another small example. I don't think this is like a huge thing, but I think that it, it's going to put us in a position where we have to be even more intentional about seeking forgiveness, even more intentional about forgiving others, even more intentional about living out a life of grace. I, I mean, I, I think about this even with, with myself, like I, I feel like this whole opportunity has like heightened my expectation for myself and like what I'm supposed to do and like how I'm supposed to respond. Like I'm both supposed to like do more and be more available at home for my kids because now they're home and I'm supposed to do more at work because everything's so much less efficient and I'm supposed to like have more time to do all this reading that everybody's like, oh, it's like vac- coronavirus vacation reading lists. Like I, I and and so not only are my expectations of myself overblown from what I can even possibly do in the midst of a crisis like this, but my expectations of others then are going to tend to be too. And I'm going to, I'm going to expect them to, to check in on me or to um, be thinking of me or to be reaching out to me in, in, in ways that, that bridge the gap that we, we used to be able to, those things used to happen more naturally. And when they don't happen naturally, like I, I'm hurt when people don't consider me, maybe they're living selfishly or, you know, I don't know, right? person next to me is like hoarding their toilet paper or whatever. <laughs> like I, I just, there's going to be such a, in times like this, there's even a greater need. There's gonna be a greater need for grace, a greater need for forgiveness, not less. And I think those, those are the types of things that we don't like, we don't really think about, right? We don't like expect to go into times like this with things like that. I, I think, I mean, you, you touched on a lot of really important things there. I yeah. think even, even the idea of expectations in general, mm. like expectations of others, expectations of yourself, expectations of like the expectation aspect of things and how the distance between us just makes that so hard to live up to those expectations. Mm. It, we, um, that this is, a, this is hard. I, like I, we, we gotta yeah. just say that like, yeah. this is hard and, and it's hard in a lot of ways and you need to have, this is a season we need to have grace for other people mm. and grace for ourselves too, and remind ourselves. Uh, and I'm not saying like, oh, we need to forgive. Our, I'm not. You know, I'm not no, like no, 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 no. Like, I, there's like a kind it? of accept God's grace to us. Yeah, we, there's a kind of pressure even we put on ourselves in the midst of a crisis like this, um, especially if you're someone who has responsibility in a job or responsibility in your. Um, in your neighborhood or community or responsibility in your home or in your family, like there's a lot of pressure that 
we have on ourselves and a lot of expectations we might have of others and of ourselves in this time. Um, some of it is like heightened by social media. I think, I think another yeah. one of the less obvious things that we might not think about is in the midst of a crisis, we might be checking the news more often and oh, feeling. Let, let's talk about that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, but, that's really But good. It, like, it can add so much pressure and expectation on ourselves. I just want, if you're listening to this, I want you to hear very clearly, you need God's grace and love and compassion on you in this time. Mm. Don't don't give in to the the pressures in your own head and the the, the kinds of um, expectations you might have on yourself to live up and to radically change your life into some this to be like a perfect season. You need to be gracious and hear God's grace for you in this season. Um, and know that he's with you and loves you in the midst of this. Just, I just want to reaffirm that in a very strong way. Um, that's so good. Continue. That's that's man. That's so important. It's, it's helpful and re- refreshing to me, honestly. Uh, even just to to hear and be reminded of. I think there's there's all sorts of of, of weird expectations and pressures that, um, yeah. In the in the midst of all this, we we says what what about? I mean, uh, Brian, what about that? About that. Um, that propensity to like, there's always new news and we need to like stay updated and we want to like kind of keep, uh, you know, up on what's going on. Like how, how do we need to be careful though? Of, like what that does to us and, and even, even how that affect, yeah. How it affects our souls. How long do you want me to talk? Uh, um, so uh, there's a couple levels that it's probably helpful to think through this uh, on. Um, one is kind of the more immediate, maybe maybe obvious maybe not as obvious is that the the more you check things like the news the more you're sort of teaching yourself something about what's important in life at this moment and so like like the things we do teach we teach ourselves stuff just because we're choosing to do it doesn't mean that it doesn't inform us and form us in return you know and so it's kind of like muscle memory but for your soul and for your mind um, and so the more you do something, the more you're training yourself that the world is a certain way and there are certain things that are important versus not important. And so like the more you check the news, the more you're kind of teaching yourself that whatever comes latest is something I need to know and it's really important and it should change how I think and feel and act right now. Um, which in a situation like this is probably not true. Uh, there are certain things that should come through. You know, when the CDC changes big guidelines or something, that might make a, a, a pretty immediate difference. But the more that you check things, Um, you begin to realize I'm not checking these things just because I want to be informed. I'm checking these things as some kind of way of feeling like I know what's going on. Maybe that gives me a sense of control. Maybe that gives me a sense of I can protect myself. Maybe it gives me a sense of I can do, you know, other important things um, that way. And and so it teaches you about the world. And so you become someone who is wondering what's happening next, which can lead to fear and anxiety and all sorts of things. You t- you're training yourself to basically be an anxious person if you check the news every five minutes or ten minutes and constantly scroll through. So you're kind of choosing to f- it, it, it's like going to the gym for anxiety mm. is to do that over and over again. Doesn't mean you can never check it. Mm-hmm. It just means that you really w- need to wonder why you're doing it and and caution yourself as to how you're doing it because it, it has effects that you might not see. Mm. Now, on a different level, it's probably worth noticing that while I'm 100% on board with the fact that this kind of quarantining or isolation or social distancing or whatever you want to call it is comes with a host of negative things that are negative just in and of themselves. Um, they're just bad, straight up. There are other ways that this kind of situation is going to bring up things that we have allowed ourselves to get bad at. 
So there's ways that sort of as a culture or socially, we've allowed certain muscles to atrophy. We're not good at slowing down. We're not good at not having input. We're not good at kind of thinking about one thing for extended periods of time. Now, if you've got, as my family does, you know, five small kids running around the house, that might not be your problem. Um, but for other people, and I think for a decent amount of people in our society right now, that is the problem. Um, the, one of the big problems is I don't have the amount of inputs I had before. Um, and I don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm going through the news. I'm, going, I'm checking Instagram more than I ever have. And I'm not sure why. Well, one of the reasons why is because you're trying to compensate for the fact that you're used to just having so many inputs throughout the day. And now that they're gone, you're just trying to fill up that gap. And that's going to teach you things and have ramifications as well. Because there's ways that we've allowed the muscle of contemplation, meditation, being slow, being alone with our thoughts, if that's an opportunity for you, not for everyone, but for some, we've allowed those to really atrophy. And so what ends up filling the space when it's not being filled by a bunch of everyday life running around tends to be fear and anxiety and a need for more information, for more inputs. So... So that, that <laughs> there's so much there. We could do so many different uh, podcasts. It's, it's such a great point. I let, let's let's jump off that into then how how can we then like practically how can people nurture an eternal perspective in the midst of this and and thereby like fighting the anxiety and the fear that that comes up. Can I can I give just like a couple practical recommendations? Yeah, from, yeah no, no, on no. the new side of things. Yeah, well, yeah, totally. Um, and then I, cause it, and it relates to an eternal perspective awesome. as well, but, uh, and Brian, I'd love some of your thoughts on this too, just because I actually do think it's a massive, a massive issue, uh, that is probably facing people, people in a significant way and giving some guidance could be helpful. But, um, I think I, in my own heart, I've seen Twitter be a dangerous place for that, um, the hard part is Twitter is like a place where you can get a lot of news and like immediate news, but there's also a lot of commentary and a lot of ways to get dragged into that fear, anxiety sort of feedback loop. I would be cautious with it. Very cautious. Um, one of the things I'm trying to do, not successfully, but one of the things I'm trying to do is check it only at certain, check the news only at certain times, maybe, this, maybe this sounds like a lot, but maybe four times a day. <laughs> I, I think if people, I think if people only did it four times a day, they would be significantly limiting. Yeah. I think I, the average person like would be general, significantly limiting I feel limiting like four themselves. times a day. Yeah. So, uh, and there are some news websites also like the, uh, some, some of the news papers are providing free access to their, their information. But I know like the LA times has a, a, a coronavirus page that is dedicated and, it, and it's free mm-hmm. and it's dedicated and updated, I think only twice a day. So it's updated in the morning and updated in the afternoon. So if you checked it in the morning to see, and it, it, the whole point of it is the most important things to know for the morning of Wednesday, March 18th on today. And it, it gives the latest and it gives news and it gives stories and some tweets and other things there and the implications, but it also doesn't allow some of that crazy rabbit trail. Now, the hard part is, you know, what if they come out tomorrow or what if they come out in five minutes and say, you know, we're supposed to be shut in for the rest of whatever, uh, an extended period of time. You have to, if you're going to ever get out of that feedback, that loop, there has to be some kind of restrictions put on it. Um, 
Brian, do you have other practical things? I, I, that, I was going to say batch it, like what you're saying, like the, the idea of checking it a, a discrete amount of times a day. I don't think four is too too little or too much. I, that sounds that sounds about right, um, especially given I think Scott's right. Most people are starting from much more than that because news for now isn't just like getting the newspaper or reading the you know like going to latimes.com or or something. News is like it's Twitter, it's Instagram. It news is everywhere, and so the idea of like batching your social media and news checks, I think, is extraordinarily helpful. Um, and, uh, I, I, there's lots to say there. Um, but to Scott's question and how to connect those two things, one of the reasons it's important to batch them like that is because, uh, it takes time to process things and, and to pray through things and to get to a place where you feel like you're, uh, taking the things that you're learning and internalizing them and connecting them to what you know to be true about God, yourself and the world. That takes a decent amount of time um, and just kind of mental, emotional, spiritual processing. And one of the best ways to shortcut that processing is by continually getting every few minutes what feels like new information, even though it isn't new. So you never get past the first intake stage. And so it backs up on you and becomes someone who's never actually processed what's going on until all of a sudden it comes out in really weird ways, really emotional ways, relational ways, anger, depression, all these things. So what the idea of batching it is basically to say, A, you're probably not going to get fundamentally new information mm. 30 times a day. Yeah. And a lot of what you do get that feels new isn't that new, isn't that true. Like my, you know, it's like these different takes on things or whatever. Um, and so for you to say, I'm going to restrict this is to be able to say, I'm going to take in some things and then allow the process of internalization and meditation and prayer to happen. Now I got to stop there and, and qualify that by saying for some of you, that's going to be, you need to set aside time for that. Like you need, and you have that time to set aside instead of just, okay, well now I'm not reading the news. So I guess I'll go watch Netflix is not necessarily the best move every single time. Um, you need to set aside time to read scripture, to connect what's going on uh, with what you're reading in scripture, with what who God is and who you are. Uh, Psalm 62 talks about pouring out your heart before God because it's a refuge to us. You need to be that, do that pouring out of heart for other people who have, who are now all of a sudden homeschooling kids and aren't sure how to do that and juggling working remotely at the same time and all that stuff. In a small apartment. Yeah. Like it, it's not about like, okay, cool. So now I've got to find an extra hour and a half to meditate on the news that I read four times a day. Yeah. The idea is that by limiting the, the mental space I do have as I move between tasks, it, by, by, limit, by not uh, letting that space go to just reading news every time. Just grab my phone and check what's next. Grab my phone and check Instagram. Grab my phone and check the news. Grab my phone and check the email. By saying, I'm going to do that only a few times a day, you're actually allowing that space to go towards the kind of internalization and processing that it should that isn't always a conscious process. Mm-hmm. There's way, again, we're whole people and we're complicated people. It can happen in a, in a variety of ways. And so even if you're crazy busy, I think it's even more important for you to say, I'm not just going to check my phone or the news or whatever every time I have a spare 15 seconds. Yeah. I'm going to let those spaces be for a 10-second prayer moving between tasks. Yeah, I mean, it's so good. and Because what, what I hear you saying essentially is choose what you meditate on. Yes. Right? Choose what you meditate on. And if if your choice is to check the news 30 times a day, 
or to, you know, just to check your phone and check for updates. Uh, actually, maybe just one more practical thing before we get there. Take news notifications off your phone. That's a great idea. Don't let news tell you when to read it. You go get it, right? So take the notifications off. Take most notifications off your phone. Take all just notifications throw except <laughs> throw away. <laughs> throw away your phone. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, take no. But because God's, I think God calls us to choose what we meditate on, right? And if if it's news, then you're going to be meditate on whatever like is happening, whatever is going. On. And the way to maintain an eternal perspective the way to fight anxiety and fear and in the midst of this is to choose to meditate on the things that are everlasting that won't ever change the one who won't ever change the, the reality of this universe and the one who is in ultimately in control and it, it makes me think of, of of philippians 4 which everybody runs to when you talk about anxiety right and and i, I actually think it's it's not a great proof text right when when we say like don't be anxious about anything Right, that, like that's the proof text everybody uses, which doesn't help anyone not be anxious. Right, like you, you don't can't, do it. Yeah, don't stop, 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 stop. Stop right? being anxious, Scott. You, you, you just you can't. You, 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 that doesn't work. But like most places in Scripture, the 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 bumper sticker proof text isn't helpful, but the passage as a whole really is. And because this is where he says, right, like. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, in everything, with prayer, supplication, making requests, right? Make your requests known to God, and it says, with thanksgiving. So it's just turning everything, turning every anxiety as a, as a trigger into prayer, not a trigger into fear, a trigger into like, oh, wait, I'm feeling this way. That means I should pray. Right. That doesn't mean I should check my phone again. That doesn't mean I should like look for more information that this feeling means I should pray and praying with thanksgiving. Right. Recognizing, well, wait, not just what I don't know, but what I do know of what he's provided, what, what he's done. And, but, and then it, it goes on. It says, and, and it says, and the, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And he says in, in verse eight, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. He's basically giving us instruction, choose what to meditate on, choose what to think about, choose what to dwell on. And when, and when your mind is captivated by something and you feel like you, you, like you can't not think about it, again, choose to turn again and be renewed with the, the the words of scripture and then he says what you've learned and received and heard in me practice these things and the god of peace will be with you and, and so I, I think that takes all sorts of different forms i think that takes the form of of that takes the form of reading your bible i think it takes the form of of reading christian books i think that takes the form of listening to this podcast i think that takes the form of um listening to to worship music right listening to to music with with truth it means and it, and it means reaching out to one another through text through phone calls through emails though you might not just check in on one another not just see if somebody has physical needs but but so that you might encourage one another so that you might speak truth to one another and, and both choose what you meditate on yourself and help those around you love those around you by helping them to meditate on the reality, the, the reality of truth as well. Now, the, the things that we struggle with are going to be, they are going to be hard. And there's, 
a place for just like trying to relax and rest and there's a place for trying to get informed and make sure you have the but when any of those things when netflix takes over or when the news takes over or when anything else takes over it's because we oftentimes are running away from that that kind of the, the kind of deep meditation on reality that god is calling us to both maybe with time that we have allotted to that and like you said brian just kind of along the way like choosing what you meditate on in response in yeah in any 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 given moment it's it's so good scotty because one of the things that i've realized i i think i've learned even a lot about my own relationship with god in the last week because i've realized that there's a little bit of um no there's not a little bit there's a lot of kind of like a lot of my relationship with God is like performance based. And so in the last week, I felt a lot of pressure, like pressure to have like a close relationship with God, like mm. pressure to be like yeah. spiritually thriving in this season. Yeah. And a lot of that has been on me and my own strength and my own ability and, and doing all these things. I think there's something in what you're saying that is just finding your comfort and refuge in God in the midst of a crisis. That's way different. That's a different kind of relationship with God. It's a kind of relationship with God that says, I'm running to you not be not as like I'm going to show you how valuable and worthy and spiritual I am. I'm running to you because this is hard right now and I need someone I need you to hold me. I need you to comfort me. I need you to be um, my source of strength and refuge because I'm not strong enough for this. Mm. And if you're sitting there thinking I'm not strong enough for this, God is. And that's what the, the whole idea of running to him in the midst of your anxiety and the worries of the world is not um, here's another thing to do on your checklist of things to do in your quarantine time. It's there's a God of the universe who loves you and wants to be with you in this difficult season and is there for you. Hide yourself in him. And that's such mm -hmm. a powerful, a powerful truth that I really appreciate um, yeah. from from what you said. That's so good. All right. Well, let's let's I think we've gone a little long. Let's 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 end there and uh, know that. We're going to be praying for you. Know that we are continuing to pray for you, continue to want to, to serve you and, and, and care for you. And if there are specific ways we can be doing that, please reach out. Please let us know how we can serve you. Please let, me, let us know how we can pray for you and, and connect with you and make sure that you're connected to other believers who can be uh, renewing, um, yeah, helping to renew your mind in the midst of this as well. So um, even if it is virtually. We'll see you on Sunday.